Camp, Camp Radio. Camp Radio. Camp Radio. Camp Radio. Welcome Radio. to Camp Radio, Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. My name is Kevin Parrish, and I'll be your host. The challenges that come with impacting students across our country are very similar, but the hunger for Christ is great. Uh, today we have with us Jamie Mullins. He is the youth pastor at uh, LaBelle Haven Baptist Church in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Jamie, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Kevin. Glad to be here. Hey, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. I know that uh, I got a chance, an opportunity, really to meet you at Conclave at, uh, uh, in uh, Chattanooga in January. And so uh, I'm glad we had the opportunity just to sit down and talk. So tell us a little bit about, about yourself. Well, like I said, my name is Jamie Mullen, and I'm student pastor at LaBelle Haven there in Olive Branch. Um, my wife and I have been married for 15 years. Uh, in January, we'll actually celebrate our 16th anniversary. Um, and told you earlier a little bit about ourselves, but we have been unable to have children. Hmm. And um, so we have been blessed. We are expecting our first one Thanksgiving. Awesome. So we're excited about that a little bit. And, uh, Man, I'm I am a country boy at heart. I was raised in the country, and so, and I love to hunt, love to fish, anything outdoors. Right. You know, if I can if I can be in the river or something like that, I, yeah. I love love things like that. Anything outside, right? I'm assuming that uh, that probably overflows in your ministry too. I, I tend to do. I think that I see youth guys the same way, and I tend to do that. If you like the outdoors, if it, if it's your love, you kind of like to share that with others too. I'm sure that's part of your youth ministry. Absolutely. You know, we've got a group of uh, guys that we're wanting to take out, and um, we've got some gentlemen that want to teach them how to cook over a uh, campfire, you know, oh, yeah. and if they're if they're raised in the city, they have no idea what we're talking about, and, <laughs> you know, it's a it's a brand-new experience for them. And so, I, and, I, and I know not everybody likes the, you know, being outside and yeah. stuff like that, but... Uh, man, there are some fun things uh, to do, and so we we're going to take our group of guys out, and uh, and some of our girls would love to, you yeah. know, jump in a canoe or something like that. Right. You know, well, now you and me have been talking today, and and you kind of shared a little bit about your story in ministry. Uh, share a little bit about that. My wife and I have been in ministry. You know, when we think of ministry, um, some people often think about paid, you know, staff members and stuff like that. And that's not the case. You know, mm-hmm. we understand there's many different uh, levels of ministry and things. But we have been in ministry really since uh, our teenage years, mm-hmm. you know, being put in positions to lead small groups or teach Sunday school. You know, my wife, I know she did as a teenager. She led a, a Sunday school class right. on that. And it's something that I believe God has put us in that position and trained us up over the years. Now, full-time ministry, we've actually just came on full-time at our current church about three and a half years ago. So we've Mm -hmm. been bivocational for about 12 years um, there. And I would dare to say there's a lot of pastors, youth pastors out there that are bivocational, you know. And so we we feel very fortunate uh, to be in full-time ministry Mm -hmm. and uh, my, my wife's a school teacher, so she's she's busy as can be with that as well, mm-hmm. and that that's her her ministry, right. you know, and that's her mission field. 
but we we love what we do. We love the church that we're at. God has really blessed us uh, with some great people and some great students there. And, you know, we're excited about in the midst of all this, mm-hmm. um, we're excited about what's going to come out of it and, and what our ministry may look like. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting, as, as I was talking to your wife, she was talking about the church, current church you're at right now, that, that her uh, uh, parents were youth uh, workers at one time, and then uh, they were married at the church. And then here you all are working, you're full-time working with youth at the same church. It's, it, that's a neat uh, thing to be able to see how God kind of worked that out. You know, in in some cases, that's not crazy to think about, right? If you grew up in a small town and you just kind of stayed there, right? Sure. And that's not the case for us. You know, our church was originally located deep in the heart of Memphis. Yeah. And so they got married there mm-hmm. at LaBelle. And then when my wife was born, she was dedicated as a child there. And then they moved down into Mississippi and yeah. they kind of changed churches because they lived right by a good church and everything. And now things have kind of come full circle and yeah. uh, we've been back, um, except for about six and a half years. And, and just to see how God orchestrated all of that is, is pretty neat for us, you know, right. to think about and just that spiritual heritage right. that we have, um, connected to LaBelle. Well, we could almost, I think we could almost classify you as a Tennessean because you live so close to the Tennessee line. What was it, about five minutes? Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, so we're like three and a half miles from the state line. So we're, we're right there. And, you know, uh, my wife was born in uh, Whitehaven in Memphis there. And so, you know, when people ask us, where, where's your church at? Well, Memphis. Yeah. You know, that's where everybody, everybody knows where Memphis is. So. Right. Jamie, tell me a little bit about your passion for ministry. Well, you know, we have such a, a passion for students. And I and look, I consider myself to be maybe a little older youth mm-hmm. minister, but in, in the grand scheme of things, really not. You know, after I meet more youth ministers, I realize that I'm not uh, as old as I think I am in, right. in youth ministry. But I really feel like this is where, where God has us. And I understand God grows your ministry or, or changes seasons and stuff like that. But we love our students. You sure. know. And they're not just the future of the church. They are the church and they need to know that. And I believe God has put us in a position to reaffirm that in, in students that come in and out of our ministry. Mm -hmm. And our prayer is, is that uh, we make some sort of positive impact, um, not just in their lives, but because of that, they will make an impact wherever God takes them and sends them some are, are hard to reach and some are, are going to be there with you uh, through everything, but it doesn't really matter. There's still a soul. There's still someone that needs to hear about Jesus right. and our students. And I'm talking about as youth pastors across the country, mm-hmm. our students are more than capable uh, of a lot more than some of us think they right. are. And so we want to give them, the students, the opportunity not just to hear the word, mm-hmm. but to be doers of the word right. as well. Yeah. And, well, we've been talking, especially today, about just about camp and uh, what what uh, seems to be trending and stuff. But you had mentioned something about uh, uh, you know how how your kids just love to be together with just your group and how they're kind of really kind of starving to be together. Uh, they enjoy that time together. Yeah. You know, well, how does that uh, play in, in impacting your area and, and your community? 
we we know every area is different and every church is different. So um, the makeup of your church is going to look a lot different from mine. And sure. those um, what the students want and need may look different as well. Right. So, you know, careful to generalize what things may look like. But mm-hmm. I can speak for, for our group, right? Mm-hmm. And But what I, I think I'm seeing um, in that is that it's not that they don't want to be around other people or mm-hmm. other groups. But I do think they get so much more out of being in a smaller group setting. So you kind of pull some of the distractions away. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not as concerned about Mm -hmm. um, what's going on around them. And they really are able to focus, um, focus in on whatever we're doing at the time. And that could be a game. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be sitting down going verse by verse or something like that Mm -hmm. Uh, in everything that we do when we're able to get our, our group into a little smaller group, it, we just connect better. Right. And, and even as adults, we do that. You know, you walk into a large room, well, there's no way you can connect with every person in the yeah. room. Um, but when you do breakout sessions right. or something like that, you're able to kind of connect um, with at least one or two, you know, and that's uh, that's a start and that's great. And, and so our group, I, what, I, what I feel like I'm seeing, the times that we've kind of got away as a smaller group, they seem to bond with each other a lot more, yeah. um, but they also open up a lot more. And that's that's really what we want, right, mm-hmm. um, is to kind of know where they're at. And if they don't open up, then, you know, we, we can't do that. And, you know, and I get there uh, at least two or three times a year. I try to get feedback from them mm-hmm. and they're able to do that and not feel embarrassed by what they say or uh, feel like they're given the wrong answers right. like that. And time after time, they keep saying, you know, we, we would like a smaller retreat. You know, they love, they love the big camp. They love that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But um, they also love getting away and spending time with just just a few sure my youngest uh, of course you know so many students are online uh learning right now and and my my youngest she's 13 she said uh you know i said do you miss your friends at school and she says no because there's just drama all the time she says uh i like being my friends at church and my friends in on in on the swim team and so that's really their best friends used to be it was at school but now it's, uh, you know, especially those who have a relationship and have a community within their church, you know, they love to be with them and do things with them. And that's important. So it, it's, a, it's kind of a swing, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. kind of funny because we live in a time where we can be more connected mm-hmm. with more people at any other time in history. But yet we're going back to smaller groups. I know. So what's that mean? It means that we're relational people, doesn't it? Absolutely. And and it also means that, you know, again, you can only connect to so many at one time. Right. And and not just connect, but have meaningful relationships, not just surface level. So what's the biggest need uh, in the lives of youth today, do you think? Well, I mean, we know that the gospel is, right? And sharing the gospel, that's kind of unsaid right mm-hmm. it didn't, we know that is the foundation sure. of what we do sharing the gospel making Christ known mm-hmm. uh, to them but really empowering our students to not be embarrassed and mm-hmm. not be ashamed in a generation where everything is about how many likes they get everything is about what is perceived online you know their Instagram or whatever their own 
they look at stuff every day that's not reality. And so I, I really think just that empowerment of them to be who God created them to be and not be ashamed of the gospel yeah. of Jesus Christ. And I see this in adults as well, but I think for this generation, realize the urgency of sharing the gospel. Yes. Um, you know, we don't know how much time we have left mm-hmm. on that. And they need to be able to have the tools, but also know how to put those tools into practice. Mm-hmm. And that, so that empowerment to go out, I think, is huge. Um, so many times we empower them in, in church, but we don't give them the opportunity until they get out of high school. Right. Or we don't give them the opportunity until they become young adults. Right. Um, sometimes we don't give them opportunity until they become married. You know, yeah, there's yeah. there's all these like gaps there and they can do stuff now. And some of them don't realize that yeah. and don't understand that. So I, I think one one of the biggest needs is just that empowerment to go out, share the gospel and and not be ashamed of it. I think the perception in some churches could be that we do it in our own strength. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what I'm seeing some in, in our youth. They're like, well, I'm not good enough. Well, I've made a mistake. Right. How can I go out and share the gospel? Yeah. You know, they need to understand that it's it's not about that. Yes, we're to live a life that is holy and pleasing to God, but it is Christ that does the work in that. And I think understanding that will go a long way in the lives of our students. Yeah. And, and it's different now to be able to share. I mean, at least that when you're in school, and you're, you know, and most uh, kids are so involved in in uh, sports. I mean, it's it's like every day, uh, uh, you know, all year. If it's just one sport, I mean, it's just a little overwhelming. The the sport, and and so it's kind of curious to see how this is all going to change things. And, and so that's my question. So how? And I know we're just kind of guessing. How's evangelism going to look now? Well, like I said, we're kind of guessing. And to, to be honest, we don't know. We we tend to be creatures of habit, so mm-hmm. we stick to things that we're comfortable with. Right. And I think this time has kind of pushed us out of that a little bit, that making us realize, oh, things are, are going to look different. There's some things that will change, and there's some things that maybe we could go back to, right, that we know they're effective and that work. And we're like, but the reality is, is that things are going to look a lot different. So how do we connect in a time where we're told to stay away? And it's not all about social media because not all of our kids are on social media, right? Yeah. And um, your parents don't let them use that. And that's, mm. you know, their decision and great for their family and everything. So how, how, do you, how do you do that? Well, if they are online, well, they try to connect any way they can. Right. If they're in person, I tell them all the time, you know, this is the biggest mission field you'll ever see in your life mm. at one time, every single day, yeah. you know, and taking the opportunity think it becomes overwhelming Mm. when we look at the big picture. Okay, this is the need. This is what we've got to do. This is my school. I know what a majority of my school looks like Mm -hmm. and acts like, and I know they need Jesus, but how do I, how do I reach them? And say, especially during a time where we're told stay six feet or, you know, don't, don't go, go near, wear a mask, you know? And so, I, I think that it's going to force us as adults, but I think it's going to force our students to, to also rethink how they connect. And so build a relationship. Yes, we got to have the big picture, but let's start small. I tell my students, I said, find out their name. Find out somebody's name. Uh, let's just start there. Yeah. And so we did a challenge about a year ago after we came back from camp. We, led a, uh, we helped 
a, a camp lead the games and everything and really challenge them with that. And man, those, those lead uh, team uh, members, they just kind of jumped on that. And I said, just start with a name. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes we try to be new and creative. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just need to go back to what's what's simple. And that's just start with somebody's name, you know, sure. reach that. And it may be that you can invite them to church. Yeah. It may be that you can sit down and share the gospel with them. Yeah. But without that relationship, you're not going to be able to be effective. You're not going to be able to reach people, especially during a time like this. So it comes when it comes down to it, it comes down to relationships. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you find that, uh, uh, and, and, and this kind of uh, goes into evangelism, that there is uh, people, are, obviously we know that people are question, people have lots of questions now. Why is this happening? You know, uh, you know and, and just the, the reality that uh, at the very beginning there was, there was so much fear. And, and I'm sure youth, even though, you know, I have two kids, even though they may say, oh, I'm not too concerned about they're fearful. If their parents are fearful, they're fearful. They see it on TV, they're fearful. They may not want to, to admit it, but they are. Has there been a lot of questions with this? And and then two, how's this play in evangelism? Are their friends having these same questions? Well, and I think everybody is different, right? So you and your family may not be comfortable with me coming over to your house sure. right now. Maybe maybe even before this, right? You know, kind of <laughs> deal. But I tell our students, I said, read body language. You know, that's an old art form, right? You know, read body language because you can tell almost immediately whether a person feels comfortable with something or not and just by paying attention to them. And so it may be that you don't need to go directly up to somebody. Sure. Maybe you need to figure out a, a different way of, of contacting them. And like I said, it's kind of challenged mm-hmm. us to, to look at things like that a little differently. And it is ironic that what we see is that we are going, I feel like we are going back to some things we used to do mm-hmm. ages ago. So instead of being new, creative, something, you know, different, we're actually going back because those ways worked, mm-hmm. you know, in and without social media without that aspect because the reality is is a lot of our students they've got two accounts one they want their friends to see and one they want their parents to see and so social media is not necessarily the answer to evangelism the answer to that it is a great platform you know a huge platform for that but i think just being aware of what someone is comfortable with Mm -hmm. uh, is going to go a long way during during this time you know, I try to ask our parents, right? Hey guys, what are you comfortable with? You know, let, let me know where you're at. Because some may be scared to death right now, you know. And we understand that there's some that have come back into church and there's right. some that haven't. So where are they? Why? You know, and so I think just asking those questions, don't be afraid to ask. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know what your thought is during this time. And that's going to help me as a minister shape what I do right. and how I do it. Well, tell me about what's ha- what's really working within your ministry right now. Again, I think our smaller groups, we kicked off small groups last Wednesday night, mm-hmm. and um, we decided this semester to uh, separate guys and girls. I think that goes a long way. You know, some years you're not able really to do that. Ideally, I think I would like to do age graded, you know, yeah. uh, just because junior hires are on a different level than mm-hmm. senior high group. And But we just reconnecting in those smaller groups, th- right. that's helping us. I had one parent tell me about their, their oldest daughter 
said that was the best night that, that she's had in a long time. And yeah. it was just connecting in a smaller group where, you know, our girls could go in and not feel judged or like they have to uh, be somebody else in that room. So for us, I'm really excited about small groups. Yeah. And, you know, we call them different things. Some people call them life groups, you know, Sunday school groups, whatever you call them. But there is something to breaking away from a larger group and and be able to connect a little better and a little more face-to-face with that small group. Right. Get to know them better and understand their needs a little better on that. So for us, I feel like that is is working, even though we just kicked it off, something we've been planning for months. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that we're off to a good start with that. So that's what's kind of working for us right now. It has created some excitement. Part of that could be that we've been quarantined since March, you know, (laughs) since spring break. But I do think that that is the direction that we kind of need to go in right now with our group. Uh, some parents don't want kids right now to come back to a large group. Yeah. So if I can say, hey, look, we've got three Sunday school classes that we're able to break off into, sure. and it's going to be X amount of kids in each room, that may make some of those parents feel a little bit better. So it's kind of it'll benefit us all around. Well, now we talked a lot about uh, our, our ministry, about what you're doing and uh, what's been effective. But uh, well, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit and just tell me what what's your biggest challenge as you personally, uh, as a minister? I think just being, again, aware of some things that maybe I uh, was too busy to see um, before. Uh, most youth ministers wear many hats, and sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. I like to think of myself as a multitasker. I love that, and I know all the leadership books said don't. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you, you take one task. And you, but uh, I I was in retail management for years, so mm-hmm. multitasking was just a part of my DNA and sure. kind of who I am. But I, I think this during this pandemic, it's caused me to kind of stop and say, okay, what am I doing well and what needs a lot of work on? And if I've got too many things going on, well, I cannot give 100% to all of them. So for me right now, kind of the biggest challenge in in my ministry and my personal life is just resetting some priorities there, understanding what comes first, and then let's be honest, what could really wait. And that even though somebody else may be pushing that as priority, you've got to know your ministry right. and you've got to know, okay, this, this has got to take priority yeah. right now. So that's kind of a challenge for me. I think something that I feel like I can, I can do better is just looking at reprioritizing some things mm-hmm. and it's a good challenge, right? It's a, it's a good thing. I think slowing down has been really good just for, for me to kind of rethink, but also rejuvenate a little bit sure. during this time. Well, now, just tell me, too, I know you may have talked about uh, a lot about camp, and obviously you you, uh, you and your wife have been involved in camp ministry type things for many years and run uh, several camp programs. So, And, and I think that uh, this is good for you to be able to give your insight with that because you look at this a little differently than a, a typical youth pastor because you've already you, you've ran some programs uh, solely before, but how does it really impact if you take your your youth away for overnight trip, one or two nights? How does that impact the church? Let's be honest, things are changing. 
And uh, it does every generation. Sure. Um, each generation thinks it changes a little more than the next, but mm-hmm. uh, things are different uh, during this time. And like I said, kind of being more into the administrative kind of role that has caused us to look at um, overnight stays a little, little differently. We don't always do it the best way. So we're not mm-hmm. saying that, right? right? You've got to decide what's best for your church and your group. Talk like a, as a youth pastor, talk to your pastor. Mm-hmm. Talk to your leadership, talk to other youth pastors and see what's kind of going on. But as always, safety is first. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Well, safety and transportation, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big one for, for me. You know, I kind of I want to make sure that we get there safely. Uh, we can be two hours late. But also once we get there, the safety of our students. Um, sometimes, you know, you, you bring leaders with you that uh, maybe you just need to train a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's huge. Letting your leaders know expectations. Staying overnight, it's going to look different, I think, for Mm -hmm. a lot of churches. Now, there will be some churches right now we're comfortable with staying overnight somewhere. There's a lot of churches that have kind of gotten away from that a little bit. And understand, you know, what what is that going to look like in the the future of things? Well, I, I think it is going to change. Maybe, maybe it goes to shorter stays Mm -hmm. because that's more manageable. And not as long, not a week long. Maybe it's a three-day stay or whatever mm-hmm. that is. I, I think that as we look at it from the administrative side of it, you do get a different perspective. Maybe as youth ministers out there, talk to those people like you, you know, yeah. that are in those roles. Okay, What are you guys thinking? What are you guys, what precautions are you taking You right. know, as a camp? But ultimately, it's going to fall on on the youth ministers. It's going to mm-hmm. fall on us to really make sure that our kids are are safe all around. When something happens, right, we address it properly. Mm-hmm. We don't sweep it under the rug. Right. We don't hide it, and uh, we take care of it. I think that's always in the back of our mind. Always, even if we did a day camp, the safety of our kids have got to be priority. I think maybe looking at camp you've got to decide what's best for you and your group you've got to decide okay is this manageable for me to keep my kids safe do i have enough chaperones now i told you earlier we we, i said i'd never do a beach trip because i just the responsibility of that is crazy to me but we took some of our college students back in july and if we did a beach trip if i think i need three chaperones well i probably need six (laughs) on there and, you know, let's be honest, vet your chaperones. Yeah. Do background checks, you know, uh, but also have a relationship with them, right? That That's huge. And then know your students. Right. You know, know, know when they're acting weird and know when something's up, you know, just be protective at all times. Right. You know, just as a parent would be over their child as youth ministers. I mean, they are our kids, right. you know, on that. So I think. It's going to change a little bit in the future. Uh, I don't think it's going to completely, like overnight stays are not going to completely go away. But I think you're going to see a big, big difference in the future um, across the board, no no matter what camp you go to. I know for a fact several of the big camps, um, I know the last couple of years, that's that's what they've been doing is kind of rethinking, okay, is is this about to change for us or should it change? you know, for us. But as of right now, me and my group, we love getting away, you know, overnight. And so as long as my parents are okay with that, 
we're going to do everything we can to keep our kids safe and make sure that they're protected from themselves right. um, and from others. Then. Well, Jamie, thank you for uh, just sharing uh, the challenges that you face and, and also the victories in your in your ministry. I'd also like to thank our listening audience today to our podcast. Uh, if you're listening right now from iTunes or Google Play, please add a comment or follow us. That, that will help others to be able to listen to this great resource. Also, we, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Jamie or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.